You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands we record this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, as well as the Wanarua and the Gamilaroi people. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. If you've ever been a member of a gym or followed a fitness influencer, you're probably aware of fitness challenges. They promise body transformation, kick-starting your future goals, or getting you bikini ready for summer in a very small window of time. But could that fitness challenge be more like an abusive relationship than a positive push? I see someone who is very skinny and incredibly unhappy. I was training too much. I injured myself. I wasn't eating. I wasn't going out and enjoying my life with my friends. I was just completely focused, training and training and training and training until my body fell apart. Today, we look at fitness challenges to see if they really are good for you or whether they can be something that kicks off some very unhealthy habits. According to data from the 2017-2018 National Health Survey, collected before the global pandemic changed up our habits, more than half of all Aussie adults didn't participate in sufficient daily physical activity. Women were also more likely than men to be insufficiently active, 59% compared to 50 We have to view the 2020-21 data slightly differently because that included time spent in lockdown. During that time, more than 70% of people aged 18 to 64 did not meet the basic physical activity guidelines of 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity or 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous intensity physical activity per week. Again, men were more likely than women to meet the physical activity guidelines. So with all that in mind, it's no wonder that people have come up with ways in which we can get more exercise into our lives in as efficient manner as possible, learning ways to motivate people who may not be doing much into kick-starting their fitness levels by offering it up as a challenge, a challenge that only requires 12 weeks of your life. If you Google 12-week challenge, you'll find hundreds of online fitness gurus promising a shot at achieving your body goals in that time frame. That goal tends to be weight loss, but they can also be accompanied by financial gains or prizes. One offers a jet ski as a prize. Another is dangling the promise of six months free gym membership. When you sign up for a challenge, it can also come with a bunch of bonuses, like a merchandise pack, before and after photos, regular weigh-ins to track your progress, a nutrition plan, extra training, and a support group of like-minded folks also doing the challenge to keep you motivated. The challenge websites are stacked with testimonials from previous success stories, the amount of weight they've lost, some from mums of newborns who snapped back into shape post-birth. Some say the challenge helped them fall pregnant in the first place, while others brag about running their first marathons as they show pictures of the sad, gross old you next to the happy, gorgeous new you. For some, these challenges have been an ideal way to kickstart a lacklustre exercise regime. But for others, it can be a traumatic experience. Like former math star Claire Varel, a few weeks ago she spent a Friday night on her Instagram stories reminiscing about a fitness challenge she once participated in at a Melbourne gym, not once, 
but twice. So the fitness challenge that I signed up for was to lose nine kilos in six weeks. And if you did lose nine kilos in six weeks, then you'd be refunded your money for training for that period of time. So you had to, to train four to five times a week and stick to a very specific, very full-on diet, no alcohol or anything like that. It was mainly just rice and chicken. And I'm vegetarian, so you weren't even allowed to have tofu. You had to have tempeh because tofu was too fattening. It was just, it was quite madness, to be honest. She says she initially did the challenge because she felt like she needed to somehow fix herself. I was feeling very insecure about my weight at the time when I signed up. So I thought, okay, I'll do this challenge. And I did really get into it. I got quite addicted to it. I was training twice a day and really, really pushing my body. And I did get the results. And but the first time I did it, I'd managed to lose nine kilos in six weeks, which is actually incredibly unhealthy. And by the last week, everyone who was doing the challenge was doing all kinds of crazy things to get those last couple of kilos off. So lots of water loading, basically starving yourself, spending hours in the sauna trying to get those last bits of water out of you just to make sure that you hit that nine kilos on the scale. She says the people running the challenge had no background in nutrition and had her sign a form that meant they had no duty of care for her health and well-being during the challenge. You kind of sign your rights away when you sign the paperwork, saying that they have no liability and everything like that. So it really is completely focused on the results. And then they use, like, for example, you have to use their marketing profile in your Facebook and you have to sign in every time you go there. So it's just constant marketing for them. Even if you don't succeed in the challenge, you've done Facebook posts every time you go there, which is daily. You've done Instagram posts. It really is quite cult-like situation. I even went on a Bali challenge with them for a week where we trained three times a day in Bali and ate very specific meals and everything like that. So that was my last holiday five years ago, was actually going and training three times a day in the Bali sun. Claire launched herself 100% into this challenge, not realising it was having a detrimental impact on her both physically and mentally. My body just was falling apart. I injured myself quite badly because once you get tired, you don't train with good form. And that's the other thing, because there's so many people doing the challenge, the class sizes were massive. So there weren't enough trainers to be moving around and making sure that people were doing their different movements in the correct way with the right form. So there's just such a high chance you're going to get injured. I was starving. A lot of my hair fell out. I was just completely focused on how I looked. And that's, it completely warped my idea of my body image and everything like that. I just was completely focused on losing weight and being thin. And during the the process of the challenge, they would take photos of you every week and you'd have to stand in in your bra and um, shorts and they would take these photos and they would then put the photos up on the website for their marketing, which is just really humiliating as well. She says that after taking to Instagram with her story, she had a massive response from people who'd done the same challenge and others like it. I had lots and lots of people get in touch with me. A few people that I'd actually done the exact thing with, but others that had done similar types of training. A lot of them saying that they gained the weight straight back. A lot of them were saying that they did the challenge, being that once you've lost the nine kilos in six weeks, you then get a full refund saying that a year later they still weren't able to get access to their refunds. People saying that it had actually caused them to become injured. Other people saying that it actually caused long-term 
problematic eating habits for them. And so that's something that they're still struggling with now. So are we more hurting than helping ourselves by challenging ourselves to meet these goals in such a short space of time? Dr Josephine Chow is Senior Lecturer in Public Health at Macquarie University. She's an expert researcher in physical activity, sedentary behaviour, health promotion and program evaluation. Doctor, in your opinion, are these short-term fitness challenges a good or bad thing for the majority of us? I think firstly, there's always good and bad to these kinds of challenges and I think the gyms are probably coming at it from a good place. I think the main thing is that it can kickstart a new habit And I'm guessing that most of the time, if you're familiar with going to a gym or anything like that, the new year or getting into the new year or maybe getting into summer, these are times when people are probably a little bit more conscious about their bodies or thinking about starting a new healthy resolution. And these challenges can help people get started on making those changes and provide some motivation to try something new, whether it be running or push-ups or if we're thinking mental health, maybe even meditation or mindfulness challenges. But I think doing it from a gym or perhaps even on social media, you have these programs that's the good ones anyway, would provide some guidance on how you can get started and how to build the new habit gradually and safely. And so there's structure there. And in the case of, let's say, whether physically in a space or with a training group or whether you're doing it online, you might also find that there's that social support as well from having other people there motivating you, giving you positive feedback and encouragement and keeping yourself accountable to some of the goals you might be setting. So I think those are the pluses. In terms of the the cons or the negatives, I think the main thing is when people try to do too much too soon, especially if you're starting a new habit, like let's say you're not really into running and you just start doing running or you're not into push-ups and you start doing um, a whole bunch of push-ups, I think you risk doing yourself and your body an injury. You're doing too much too soon, pushing yourself too hard and not listening to your body, especially if it's sore, and allowing your, your muscles and yourself to have that time to rest and recover. So you risk doing yourself an injury. One of the main things people try to do with these challenges is to lose weight really quickly. And there are some repercussions for that as well when people try to lose weight quickly over a short period of time. Can we talk about that? What are the potential consequences of weight loss in a short window? If you achieve rapid weight loss over a short period of time, What your body might do to compensate for that is to reduce its metabolic rate. So this means that whilst you're trying to maintain your new weight, it's going to be a bit more difficult compared to, say, if you took a longer period of time to achieve that same weight loss. So your body gets used to you, I guess, using up the fuel or the energy that you're putting into your body. So your body's telling yourself, oh, hang on, I need to slow down because I'm burning up all this energy really quickly. Ideally, you probably want to take a bit longer to achieve your weight loss goal, for lack of a better word, over a longer period of time than if you say try to squeeze it into like, I don't know, four weeks or 12 weeks. What about for those people who might be susceptible to something like an eating disorder? What kind of dangers are we looking at with these short-term fitness challenges? I think for people who are struggling with or are at risk of developing certain disorders like eating disorders, so anorexia or binge eating disorder, or perhaps people might have issues with body dysmorphia or even exercise addiction, these types of challenges could be harmful for them. It's a bit of a double-edged sword because especially with the social side of it, people might be getting positive feedback and people might be commenting how great they look because they've lost some weight or maybe they're more sculpted on a particular part of their body. So they get that positive reinforcement. But, you know, there's always that negative side where maybe 
from their own perception, they're not really achieving what they thought they achieved because their perceptions of their bodies are different. Or maybe there's people who are not as positive or encouraging and giving them negative feedback about their bodies and maybe encouraging them to to be even more extreme in their behaviours. So it's a bit double-edged sword in that respect. And what altogether that could actually aggravate people to maybe even exercise more or it might encourage them to take on more unhealthy eating behaviours, more restrictive dieting or things like binge eating and just oscillating between the two as well. And so overall it could lead to more unhealthy relationships with their bodies in terms of exercise and also with their eating behaviours, obviously with repercussions for their mental and, and, and their physical health. And it's really hard because I don't know how you stop people from seeing these challenges. They can be very enticing in that respect because you have a community of people, I guess, who are encouraging you to do these challenges and, I guess, um, quote-unquote, be a bit be better. At best, these types of challenges are harmless, possibly ineffective, but maybe a way in which you can start a new good habit. At worst, they can lead to a cycle of constant challenges to keep you from going backwards. It can also lead to disordered eating issues and body dysmorphia, as well as physical injury. So how do those represented in the stats who aren't meeting the ideal daily physical exercise targets get into a better habit? Claire says it's definitely not in doing more fitness challenges. Don't do it. It's just a craze. It's not the best way to lose weight and to feel comfortable in your body. It's not a good thing for your body. It just makes you completely focused on how you look and just rather than the bigger picture of your all-round happiness and health. While Joe says it's about finding out what you're already doing and just getting more of it. These fitness challenges form one part. I guess if we take that population health perspective, we want to have many things available for people to be more active in their lives. So fitness challenges can be one part and certainly for people who are regular exercisers or former exercisers who have experience with gyms and with fitness challenges, this can definitely be something to get them back into the habit if they've lapsed a bit or perhaps give them um, people who are regular exercisers, it gives them variety because you probably notice that these challenges often change month to month or season to season. So it gives people that variety. But for people who aren't regular exercisers or perhaps uh, we often hear people who don't have enough time to exercise, we really do encourage them to find those opportunities in the day to move more and sit less. We used to think that exercise or activity had to be done in 10-minute bouts, but more and more research is showing that that's not the case and every little bit counts. Five-minute chunks or two minutes here and there throughout the day, all of these bits of activity and exercise add up. So you don't have to go for a run. If you think about looking for opportunities in your daily life, it might be, for example, can you park on another level at a car park and and take the stairs to your workplace and walk that little bit further, for example, or maybe you're catching the bus. Can you get off one stop early and walk an extra four or 500 metres to the next bus stop or to your destination? So if you can find those opportunities in your day, all those little bits will add up. And now we're also thinking about how you've already taken, found those opportunities. Can you add a little bit more value in terms of intensity and get your heart to work a little bit more just for that moment? So if you use that example of, let's say, getting off at an earlier bus stop and walking to the next stop or your destination, can you walk that little bit faster and make that walk that little bit more active and add that little bit more um, value for your health in that respect? I like to think of it as a bit like, for people who have kids, it's a bit like hiding veggies in your cooking. 
can you make your little bits of activity even that little bit more intense and make them that little bit more beneficial for your health? So it's about finding those opportunities and being aware of them and taking advantage of them. And like I said, every little bit will add up. People don't need to feel bad that they haven't been able to go to their gym for a workout because maybe you've done five minutes here, five minutes there, and over the day you've actually had your 30 minutes of activity. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Jacob Round. And if there's a new story you'd like us to check out for you, it's really easy to get in touch with your story pitch. You can email us, thequickie at mamamia.com.au, or DM us on a stack of social media. You'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast was made by Mamma Mia, the only women's media company in Australia. If you love the show, the best thing you can do is become a Mamma Mia subscriber. Mamma Mia subscribers get access to every podcast, exclusive videos, and all the great articles on Mamma Mia. It only costs $5.75 a month, which is less than a large coffee, or a small coffee if you get oat milk. If you believe in women's media, if you believe in a purpose-driven media company like Mamma Mia, whose core purpose is to make the world a better place for women and girls, please see the link in our show notes.